0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. Praise God, as you see that open your Bible at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Christmas. What do you hear when I say that? I know I say that very often about a lot of different words, because it's something about wording. Is when we say words, we don't hear letters. You know, I always use the example if I say dog, you don't think D O G. You think of an image. And maybe your dog at home or neighbor's dog that kept you awake last <laughs> night, that might be, you know, sound, it might be, you might think of a color, short, big, small, whatever. We, it, it's different. Meanings, And that tends to happen with words as well. When we communicate and we speak and we say certain things, it evokes emotions. It reminds us of things. Have you ever been somewhere and you smell something and all of a sudden you're back in high school? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just have to hear a sound. And that sound and you remember that time with your mother. Uh, come on, how do you know what i 'm talking about there's this, there's there's moments, and so often when we just we say Christmas, we think of wonderful times of celebration and joy and you know peace and wonderful things around Christmas everything you know even yeah in South Africa where it's hot we're talking about i 'm dreaming of a white Christmas, you know' <laughs> it's cold and snow, and the food we eat is like it's, it's, it's hot, you know, it's like it, it is winter type food. There's <laughs> so much in tradition that, that we, we always, when we think of Christmas. You know, sometimes when you, for some people, it can be a painful time. You say Christmas and it could be a time when they're thinking this is the first Christmas that I'm not having with my father. This is the first Christmas I'm not having with my baby something could have happened in the year. It could be that a terrible tragedy happened around Christmas time when everybody's walking around happy and cheerful, but for that person, they're remembering that moment. I just think back a few years when Janine was in hospital and we as a family celebrated Christmas and trusting God that Janine will live and not die. And we thank God for his living word that we could draw on faith and that she could come out of that. And that Christmas, we didn't do our Christmas until she was back at home. So we had Christmas in like January, February, much later after she had come out. But why I'm saying this is because no matter what happens, we all go through things in life. We all go through horrible tragedies that Things that come along, you know, when you give your life to Jesus, God gives us the promise of eternal life. Not only that, we have got all the promises that come with the covenant, that by His stripes we heal, that He provides for our needs, that He protects and looks after us, that He'll guide us. But how many know that we recognize that in this world we're still gonna have challenges? And we need to understand that. and. Where are we celebrating Christmas, I want to remind us of what God had intention of when he sent Jesus into the earth. In Luke chapter 2 verse 8, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Everybody say the glory of the Lord. It shone around them. Shining speaks of light. Everybody say light. And they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now, if you do a concordance search on that statement, you'll find it's all over the Bible. Do not be afraid. Every time God appeared to someone or an angel appeared to someone, very often they opened up with that statement. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to how many? All people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward man. Read that out loud with me together. Ready? Verse 14. Ready? Read. Glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace and goodwill toward men. How do you know the angels were not giving us a line that we could put in Christmas cards? That is a statement from the throne. The very word for angel is a messenger. An angel never will speak on his own accord. That is a word straight from the throne of God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward man. Now, if you look at the phrasing, very often when we think of goodwill toward men, we think of Christmas as a time when we should be showing goodwill towards each other. How you know it's not just at Christmas that we should be showing goodwill towards each other? But that's become the tradition of Christmas. Goodwill amongst men. But it's not saying that. It says goodwill toward men. Who's speaking? It's the angels speaking on behalf of God. What's God saying? Up to that time, the whole earth was under the legal law. uh, The law of the old covenant. And... Anything that happened, obviously, God would judge and things would happen and it seemed as if there was this enmity between God and man. But God is saying that He wants to reconcile man to Himself. And in that declaration, goodwill toward man, is God saying, in effect, the war is over. Amen. God is not out to get men. I know religiously we used to think that. I know I did. You know, God's just upset with everybody and you have gotta try and appease him to get back in his good books. And it almost seems impossible based on his requirements. But you notice God says that now that a savior is born, there is goodwill toward man and listen to what he says, and on earth, peace. Everybody say peace. peace. Say it again. Peace. Now when we say peace, you understand when we listen to it that, again, it's a word that we hear in English. It comes out of that, obviously here yes, is in, in the original, is in Greek. Uh, but that comes from the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom. Shalom basically means that there is a protection preservation, there is God's presence, there is total, it's a place where nothing's missing, nothing's broken. It is God's restoration. Now when we hear peace, very often we think of, no, particularly now there's a number of wars that are going on and we are praying for peace. We are called to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. What do we mean by that? Now, how many of you recognize that if God says here that on earth there would be peace, you do understand that before Jesus comes, the chances of there ever being a time where there's absolutely no war, it almost seems impossible. So evidently, for this to be true, if peace just means no war, somehow there's never going to be another war. But you do know that even in the last, when Jesus comes back, there is the final war of Armageddon. So, what is peace? Peace doesn't just mean that there's no war. What does it mean to you and me? Because if he's saying on earth peace, that's God's desire for you. God's desire is for you to enjoy peace. Say that. God's desire is for me. To enjoy peace. You heard Pastor Danny read from Isaiah chapter 9. Look at verse 6. For unto us a child is born. This is what the angels were announcing. A son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Now listen to verse 7. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even... Forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now family, if you read verse 7, it says, of the increase of his government. You do understand that God is not saying that he's taking over all political governments. His government is not a political government. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be involved in politics. We should be involved in politics, in business. We want to be an influence in every realm of society. And we can influence decisions of governments, either directly by being there or by prayer. You and I have that authority. If we call on the name of the Lord, He will hear and He will heal our land. So we have the authority to govern through prayer or through direct involvement. But this is not talking about a time when the church will take over running a country because his kingdom has no boundaries, his kingdom has no borders. Borders are made by men. We decide on a map. We draw a line, and that side is that country, and this side is that country. But up till that line was drawn, families moved in and over those lines, you know, until somebody went and drew a line. It wasn't there. When we talk about his government, we're talking about the kingdom of God. Of the increase of the kingdom of God, there will be no end. Say so that, praise God, I'm part of an ever increasing kingdom of God. Now of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Everybody say perpetual peace. So peace is not something we arrive at and then lose and then get it back. Now we're into fighting, so we've got to get back peace. And then we have another war, we've lost peace, and we're gonna get back the peace. Notice, of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. In other words, wherever his government is, there is peace. I said wherever his government is, there is peace. Say that with me. Wherever his government is, there is peace. And one of his names is that he is the Prince of Peace. Now, when I was meditating on that, I wondered, Jesus is also called the King of Kings. Why is he not called the King of Peace? Is that a good question? Well, Prince implies he has a father. So our Father is the King, Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. So, God is the one who wants to establish peace, but He's appointed Jesus to oversee it. Oh, come on, you got to get a hold of that. God's kingdom is a kingdom of peace, and He's appointed Jesus to oversee it. So, what happened? John chapter 1, verse 1 In the beginning was the Word. The Word was. With God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Everybody say "Light." light. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that through him, that all through him might believe. Now, he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. As many as received Him, say that's me. me. To them He gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who are we talking about here? This is the Jesus that the angel had announced. This is Jesus, the light of the world, coming in, Being born as the Prince of Peace, as one of His names. Hallelujah. So Jesus went about teaching. He went about preaching the kingdom, talking about the kingdom of God, God and His kingdom, establishing it, doing signs, wonders, miracles, setting us up, getting us ready for us to become the church. And then in John chapter 14, verse 25, Jesus says this. These things I've spoken to you while I've been present with you. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now listen to verse 27. Peace I leave with you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Peace, I leave with you. Are you getting it? I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Oh, family of God, you've got to get a hold of this. God does not want you living in fear. Neither does He want your heart to be troubled. How do you know there's going to be trouble in the world? How many you know there's always going to be wars? How many you know there's always going to be calamity? How many you know a lot of these things are going to happen to you? Oh, I didn't hear any yeses there. See, we want to go, yes, amen, hallelujah. How many you understand that you have not had your last problems? Pastor Allen, it's Christmas. Do we have to... No, listen to what Jesus is saying. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trouble's coming. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. How's that possible? I am leaving you peace. Not like the world leaves peace. See, the world's idea of peace is: stop fighting. How many of you know you can stop fighting and still glare at each other. You can put the guns away, but still find a way of hurting with words. How many of you know, the world's idea of peace is if everything can be calm. Why is it that when we think we have peace, next moment they're shooting at each other again? Because if it was real peace, why are we back to fighting? See, not as the world gives peace. We've got this idea that if all my problems are over, I never have another issue, I never, my, you know, I never have this and I never have that, my debt is gone, my sickness is gone, Then, then eventually I'll be at peace family of God, then that person is going to live in disappointment for the rest of their life. And Jesus said, I'm not here to tell you all your problems are over. I am telling you I've come with a message that will give you a peace in the midst of that calamity. I'm bringing you goodwill. I'm telling you I'm here to help you no matter what you go through. It is my peace that I leave with you. Oh, come on, give Him praise if you can get a hold of that. Family, we are nothing without Jesus. And as you know, Jesus went to the cross. He died. The only reason He was born was to have a body with blood in it, to shed that blood for you and me. Paid the supreme price for our son, rose from the dead, and today is alive. And then He came back. On, at John chapter 20. Have a look in John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, why were they locked away? Because of fear. For fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood in the midst. Now, I don't even have time to get into that this morning, but you you know, there we're speaking fourth dimensions though. I mean, the doors are locked up and there's no way in. And Jesus appears in front of them. And said to them, listen to his first words, Peace be with you. Shalom. Shalom. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Not just peace with you or be in peace. Peace to you. Family, this is a gift from God. He's imparting peace. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what he said he would do? That when he goes, he will send the Holy Spirit and my peace I give you, I leave with you. How many of you are born again? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Acts chapter one, verse four, being assembled together. This is after Jesus is resurrected. He's gone back in, he's now ascended on high and the disciples are now assembled in the upper room. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they'd come together, they asked Him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? What are they saying? Can we get back to a place where there's no more war? They're still looking to the natural peace. And Jesus said it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This was amongst His final statements before He ascended to be with the Father. Notice He said you will receive the Holy Spirit and power. Now, how many you remember in Acts chapter 2, they were gathered in the upper room and then the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. How many of you born again? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Keep the hand up say, as a born again child of God, I have received the Holy Spirit and power. Now have a look at Romans chapter 5. Verse 1, therefore, having been justified by faith. When did that happen? When you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were totally cleansed of all sin. Hallelujah. How? By faith. For by grace you saved by faith. That's God's gift to you. said that when I I was born again, I was justified. Now, having been justified by faith, what does it say? We have peace with God. We have peace. How many of you are born again? What does the word say? Say this. The word says, I've been justified. And because I'm justified, I have peace with God. So we're not waiting for peace. You have peace. I said you have peace. What if everything falls apart around you? You have peace. What if there's a total war? We're not talking about peace as the world gives it. It is peace as Jesus gives it. Say that, I have peace with God. Now how is this possible? Through our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. Family of God, we wouldn't know this peace if it wasn't for Jesus. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter two, verse 14. Jesus himself is our peace. Lift your hand and say, I'm born again. Christ resides within me and he is my peace. Is that good news? Well, give him praise, come on, give him praise. Well, when did this happen? Have a look at Colossians chapter one, verse 19. Colossians one, verse 19. We're coming back to Romans five, so just keep your marker there. We're just looking that this peace is because of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it is pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to Himself by Him. Say this, I've been reconciled to the Father by Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, how? Through the blood of His cross. Family, when Jesus died on that cross and His blood was shed, as far as the Father's concerned, all sin was paid for. And peace has now been made accessible. Which peace is that? That is the peace as He gives. It's the peace as He is. And it's the peace that He imparts. Say this, Jesus is my peace. I received His peace through the blood of His cross. So let's go back to Romans chapter 5. Once again, we justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Is that good news? Say that. I have peace with God. Verse 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we also glory in tribulations. Oh, come on, we've been hallelujahing all the way through. I, I know that's not on your top 10 scriptures of blessing, but how do you see what he's saying here? He's just got through saying, you have the peace of God. Therefore, we... It's a wonderful Christmas mission. Why would I glory in tribulations? Now, he's not saying ask for tribulations. It's not saying God sends tribulations. This is not saying, you know, like, come on, bring it on, bring it on. No, when a tribulation does come, how many of you know that you are headed for another problem? See, I'm I'm, I'm preparing you. I want to help you. So when it happens, we don't get sucker punched. God has given you peace. That is the message of Christmas. He said, I brought peace to you. And if you can get a hold of this, that by faith you receive that, that you have the peace of God in you. That means in the middle of a storm, when the wind is blowing and the waves are crashing and Jesus can walk peacefully on the water. And he can say to Peter, come, walk. When Peter took his eyes off Jesus, that's when he began to sink. He took his eyes off the Prince of Peace. In the middle of those waves, he was walking. But when when fear entered his heart, that's when he began to sink. So no, we don't look forward to tribulation. We don't believe for tribulation. We don't confess for it. We don't ask for it. But when it does show up, I glory in tribulation. Why would I do that? Because knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint. Now, how do you believe that faith is the substance of things? So before you can have faith, it has to start with hope. I said faith is the substance of things. Hopeful. Faith doesn't have anything to attach to unless there is hope. Hope, but hope happens after character development. And after character development happens after perseverance. And perseverance happens after. So your route to working faith is through tribulation. Hallelujah. What does it say? Is I don't want to live in this fantasy world that think there's no more problems. And it's not a lack of faith by saying I deny problems. It's knowing that when problems do come, this is a development moment. I want my faith to go to other levels. And so now that the problem has shown up, let me go at it because in going at it, I know that through that, I'm going to develop perseverance. How many of you noticed the first time I stood in faith for something, it was like after two hours. Come on, God, when are you going to do something? There's no long lasting because how many you know some problems do take longer than two days to solve? We all love an instant miracle. When Janine was lying in hospital, that's going to take time and you've got to allow that faith to go to work. But in the meantime, I don't want to drop my faith. So how do I get there? We didn't arrive there overnight. It's the same way if you start training at a gym, you don't walk in and go and deadlift 200 kilograms. You start with an empty bar. Isn't that right? And you and you you develop yourself. You develop the weight. So when you're a young Christian, little things come along, but God lets that happen so that now you can start to develop some perseverance. Because in that perseverance, you're finding out who you are, and, and instead of losing your temper, you realize I gotta hang on. I've I got some character to develop here, and then as I develop my character, then what happens is through that character now. I have a hope that even if I haven't seen anything happen yet, I still know the Prince of Peace has never left me. I'm in peace in the middle of this tribulation because I know, God, You will never leave me nor forsake me. And if you want to take it all the way to full development, it's where Job says, even if the Lord slays me, I will still serve Him. Even if the end of this is my death, That's not going to stop me from believing. I don't give up because I didn't get my Christmas gift. When I thought I should get it. So what happens? God develops us. So I go through a situation. I may need to wait a day or two. Then next time I have to wait a week or two. Next time a month or two. What's He doing? He's growing us in character. He's growing us, developing us, so that when the big issue comes, you can look at that and say, even if this ends in death, I'm still going to go at it by faith, believing for deliverance, believing for healing, believing for provision, but I know I can endure because I've gone through it before. I have the Prince of Peace in me. It's a peace you cannot take from me. It's a peace the enemy cannot steal. It's a peace that in the middle of war, tribulation, waves, wind, doesn't matter what happens. I have His peace. That's the peace that is given me. Come on, give Jesus praise if you're getting a hold of this. My peace, I leave you. Have a look at John chapter 16. Oh, let's read verse 5 first. Verse 5. Now that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. How? How? By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Lift your hand and say, The Holy Spirit was given to me that I may have the love of God poured out in my heart that I can live in His perfect peace. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have Peace. Now, in the world, you will have tribulation. But, but, be of why? I've overcome the world. Now, if you've been here long enough, you know I modernized that sentence. Jesus says, Troubles coming. Get excited. Yes, hallelujah, amen. What are we saying? This, you don't wait for the problem to come and then try and find this peace. You already have this peace start rejoicing in this peace. I have the peace of God. Even if you wake up every day, say, Father, I know you love me. I have your peace within me. I don't care what's happening around me. I don't care what's falling apart. I don't care what people are trying to do to me, say about me. I don't care what the devil's trying to steal from me. I do know this. No matter what comes, you've already overcome it. And now I have peace. So when that thing shows up, You're already ready. It's not going to steal your peace. Shout Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be anxious for? Be anxious for? That sounds like do not worry, do not fear. But in everything by prayer and thanksgiving... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen to this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, you find someone in that state, they confuse people. When they find out what's happening in your life, you, you out there, how's it, how, how's it going with you? It's always well, thank you, praise God. And then they find out this and that's happening. But you look so calm. Yes, why? Because it's a peace that surpasses understanding. I can't explain it to you with my mind. This is not something you conjure. You, you can't fake this. This is not saying, I have the peace of God. Hallelujah, God, please. I have the peace of God, I you, you, you can't evoke it. It comes from spending time in His presence, accepting that He is God, knowing that He has got this. He's developed you. He's processed you. He's given you His Word. He's given you everything you need. You've done, you, you can't work. And It's not like one more lever that you can flick and it'll fix the thing. No, it's resting. God, you have this. I'm trusting you. That only comes when you've been in his presence and you experience and you hear it from within Son, I've got you. My daughter, I have you. This is where you can experience horrible tragedies. And yes, it'll hurt. You will miss that person. You will want to have hugged them one more time and you're not able to. But you know what? I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I may never get back to what I lost, but I'm at peace. I know you got great things for me, but until they arrive, I'm at peace. Trust the process. I said trust the process. Come on, give Jesus praise. Amen. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 1 Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. Let me see. Anyone like that yet today? Say, I believe believe. Jesus is the anointed one. You are born of God. Everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. That's a lot of begots and begotten. Maybe you've missed. What's that saying? If I love God and God loves me, that means. You love God and God loves you. And if God loves you, I love you because God loves you. Amen. That's what it's saying. Verse 4, whatever's born of God, say that's me, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world our faith and who is he who has overcome the world but he who believes that Jesus is the son of god put that together with what jesus said in this world you will have tribulation i have overcome the world and john says now he puts that in your hands as well saying now you're able to do the same thing believe why because you know jesus has overcome it you have faith and that faith is your peace and in that peace You know, because He is Jesus, because He's the Son of God, because He loves you, you are well able to overcome whatever comes your way. Come on, give Jesus praise. (laughs) Isaiah 26, verse 3. God will keep you. You will keep Him. This is speaking about God. God, you will keep me. You can put your own name in there. You will keep me in perfect peace. How does this happen? Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Family, the only time we lose peace is because we are trying to solve our own problems. We're trying to figure out another way. We're trying to, that's where the worry, all worry is, is meditation on the negative. Why don't we get to a place where we say, Father, we do trust you. We believe you. Your peace is given when I put my trust in you. Lift your hand and say that. The peace of God reigns in my heart. God keeps me in perfect peace when my mind is stayed on him because I trust him. You believe that? Yes. And then in closing, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Now this is in context talking about when they, people were challenging whether you should eat in idols, uh, eat uh, meat offered to idols or not. But I want you to see the, the wording around it is true for any other reason as well. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. What's that saying? The kingdom of God is not about what you do it's it's not about ritual it's not about uh, religious trying to do things to make the kingdom of god is righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit you must say righteousness and peace and joy isn't one of the fruits of the spirit peace so it's already within you hallelujah For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, listen to this now, let us pursue the things which make for peace and for the things by which we may edify one another. Pursue the things that make for peace and edify one another, in other words, I'm not out to try and take people down, speak negatively about people, cut down people. If I have peace within me and I'm living in that peace and my mind is stayed on God, nothing anyone does to me can get me away from that. Which means now because goodwill is shown toward me and I'm living in perfect peace, whatever I do now will manifest that peace. To other people and now I can live and demonstrate that peace towards others and do things that will edify and build others up. Hallelujah. Family when the Word of God says that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. We can interpret that in so many different ways but I really believe the greatest way that will impact somebody to know that you're living in the peace of God is when they see your life and everything else which would have taken out anybody else, they see that you're still glorifying God, you're still worshiping God, you're still honoring God. What that does is people go, now that's different. It's not anything else. All the other things that we think prove God, I mean, you know, some people may think if you got a nice big house and a big car, that must be God's blessing. Hey, anybody can go take a loan from from a bank and and look the part. Just because you sing in church, people can come in here and fake singing. You can walk in and go, bless your brother, bless your brother, hallelujah, bless you, bless you, bless you, and then walk out and curse somebody. Anybody, are you with me? What's going to attract people? is when they see the power of God, but that power has got nothing to do with what's happening around you. It's because of what's happening around you, you still stayed on God. Your mind is still set. God is my God no matter what happens. I walk in the perfect divine love of God and you have that peace. That peace was announced the day Jesus was born. He is your Prince of Peace. Can we give Him glory today, hallelujah.